Welcome to Finding the Others with me, Brian Penny, and my co-host, Neil O'Murku. I know, I know. Do you know, we're talking about the topic of time a lot today, and I know we touched on that before, but it reminds me of the infinite amount of time we have, and we touched on that topic before yes. around depth. Yes, absolutely. It's 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 a fascinating uh, concept. Um, I know you, it, you've t- you've touched, you've experienced the close hand recently enough yourself. Yeah, Josie's mum was diagnosed about two months ago uh, with cancer, and then she died about four weeks after that. So uh, she was a great woman. Um, Agnes or Gaga or Gags, you know, in Ireland, no one's ever called by their proper name. Yeah, she was a real character, and she had, um, she lived in London for about forty years. She'd run businesses in Dublin and London, and at a time really when uh, women weren't kind of allowed run businesses. Well, like she was even telling us in London when she was pregnant, she'd have to hide her pregnancy, even though she was married and everything. You Jesus. Know? So she had seen great, you know, a lot of great experience of the world very wise woman and um she lived with Josie and myself and the children for the last 12 or 13 years so she was really the six of us but there was really seven of seven, us yeah. and um she was a great woman um i think i've said to you before you know uh, my life would be i'd be sitting in the ice bath on the patio and gags would be smoking out the win- window looking at me saying oh you're doing really well there smoking her fags out the window <laughs> So it was two very different worlds, but it yeah. was always, we always had, we always got on. And I know it's not normal for son-in-laws and, and mother-in-laws to get on so well. Uh, but she, myself and her had a great relationship and she was old school. You know, all she did was drink cups of tea with two tea bags in them, uh, slices of Brennan's white bread with butter and smoke facts, you know. But she was, up until the end, she was very, very healthy, Um and just a great woman, but you know, then, as as we talked about the finality of of death, you know, it's we all should expect it. It's this little bit of delusion we talked about earlier. We might have a little bit of delusion that we might be able Live to forever. escape it, but you know, mm. it, it's coming for all of us in the end. And um, watching watching gags the last few days was a profound experience. You know, there was a lot of things to. You know, obviously it's very, obviously it's very emotional. Um, but when you're looking at somebody dying, it just makes you realize how sacred and precious life is. You know, knowing that we're all going to get to that point really gives you a chance to look at how you're living, you know, to really look at how you're living. And, and like coming back to that idea that Gags probably thought at some stage that she'd live forever. You know, she always joked that she felt she was still 21. Mm. And it comes for us all in the end. So it really made me think about how I want to live the rest of my life, how I want to, how I want to die as well. You know, yeah. we were very lucky. We were all with Ags at the end. She was at home. Uh, her biggest fear was losing her faculties, losing her mind. And she was totally with us there the whole time. And just at the end, maybe a couple of days before it, she was in and out of consciousness a little bit. She has, she was on morphine. So, she, you know, she was a little bit kind of in a dreamlike state. And she said something <clears throat> that um, I believe that she, it was like her own little mantra that she probably said to herself all the time, but we never heard it because it was her own internal mantra. She says, 
I am Agnes, I am strong, I can cope with anything. And then she drifted back off into into kind of sleep. Beautiful. And Agnes had, had a very, a, you know, had, had a full life of, as you know, lots of happiness, but also with lots of very difficult things. Mm. And this little mantra just rose up out of her. And it was so familiar to her. It wasn't something that she just made up, you know. Yeah. It was something that struck me that it was something that she had obviously been telling herself all her life. And it also struck me as something, we have a, a, a younger daughter and it's like something that she would say to herself. There was a, a childlike innocence to it, but also a childlike power to it. I am Agnes, I am strong, I can cope with anything. You know, and so there was so much there, there was so much to kind of absorb in that whole experience. It'll be a long time before we kind of come to terms with it all, you know. Yeah. Wow, that's beautiful in so many ways. And and you know what strikes me with the power of that mantra? I am Agnes, I am strong, I can cope with anything. It's this self-belief delusional thin line thing again. Because she is strong, she can cope with anything. Yet, she's at her weakest point of her life. And she's not going to, she's going to die soon and she knew that. So it's like the power in in, in that, even though it's, from one context, it's it's kind of self delusionary, but that's what was that that was the strength of that woman, and and yeah. what you've described there carried her all the way all the yeah. way through life. Like, yeah, it, it's. I read a book one time. Um, I don't know if you did. I did. I t- chat to you about. It. I don't know if you read it. Tuesday at Maury's. Yes, great yes. book. Yeah, you yeah. mentioned yeah. you read it, and it loads of great snippets in that. So Maury, yeah, for anyone that hasn't read it, Maury was a guy that was a, a brilliant man that was a professor of uh, sociology, I think it was, and he was dying in his final days and final weeks. And a guy, Mitch Album, the author of the book, went and sort of spent, hadn't seen him in years, and went to spend his final weeks with him. And loads of great snippets from the book. But the one thing that jumps out at me that Maury said was, most people know they're going to die, but they don't believe it. Yeah, It's only when you believe you're going to die that you really start to live. Yeah, And it's touching on what you said just there is, it's like focus on the finality of life so you can really make the best of the time that you actually yeah. have. Yeah. And there's a lovely meditation. It's a Stoic meditation, I think, or Buddhism. I think it's Stoicism, probably carved from Buddhism too, but it's called Memento Mori. And it's 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 meditating on your mortality, mm. but you said a word sacred there that I just love. So you actually meditating yourself dying and being in the coffin and turning to ash thousands of years gone by, and you're meditating on death. But it's really to focus on the finite time we have to mm. make use. It's not a morbid thing; like it's not something to get freaked out about. Yeah. But say, right, time is finite. I really need to make the most of this, and it helps you to lean in and take risks and and really live. Like yeah, and and I think that's. That's one of the big things from the last few weeks was that we can blind ourselves to the fact that we are, you know, every breath that we take is the last one of those breaths, you know, and they're finite. One will be the last breath. One will be, <laughs> at one point we'll yeah. have one last breath. And I often think that we distract ourselves in so many ways from that fact. We we really go out of our way to make sure that we're not thinking about it. Uh, when we last chatted, I was kind of jokingly saying we were in Dundrum shopping centre that there should be a big sign saying you're all going to you're die, you know, die. <laughs> you know, live life fully. You know, obviously we can't have that in the, in the shopping centre, but it's that sentiment though, like you're saying, mm. like by by thinking about, and it's not morbid. And we have this kind of thing in society: oh, we can't talk about that, or you're, you know, yeah, I get it. But it's like it's the one 
concrete thing that we're, we're all going to share experience of. And by contemplating it and thinking about it, it makes this so much more precious. Like mm. these moments so much more precious. Every experience so much more precious. And easier to a certain extent as well. Like, because if you're going through a lot of hardship, it's like, it makes living special if you know you're going to die. And yeah. You know, it's fine. So it makes it more, more special in a way as well. It's the, it's the mindset of it too. It's, it's, it can be challenging. I know it can be challenging for some people, but it's like flipping the switch on it as well and thinking yeah. about it from another perspective. What, what do you think happens when we, when we finally go? My, my thoughts on this have changed <clears throat> dramatically over my lifetime. Um, right. Um, at the moment, my, my, my only kind of certainty is I have no idea. Hmm. You know, I, yeah. I really, yeah. I have a sense that we, you know, that we return to something. I have a sense that maybe um, we had talked about it before, you know, this kind of, this metaphor of, of being a little wave on the ocean and kind of somehow re, re, kind of re, returning to the ocean in yeah, some way. Yeah, I love that one. But I really, I really don't know. And it, and it fascinates me. You know, I really mm. want to know. My time will come and, you know, you know I'll eventually know. Um, but if there's nothing, that's okay as well for me. You know, yeah. you know, I I think that this life of experiencing the heat and the cold and love and hate and fear and happiness and and feeling all of these incredible emotions, if this is all it is, you know, it makes it even more special. You know, and and we don't know what's beyond there. What what what, what are your thoughts? On? Yeah, I, I I've gone to, like yourself. I've gone through different uh, ideas of what it was. Like I remember for many parts of my life, I thought we're just like a stone. When we die, we're just like a stone. There's nothing there. But I've changed me tact on that. Like I do think when you look at people and you've seen people that died, there's something something leaves the body that was there and it's yeah. not there anymore. Yeah, and it's like yeah. an energy and a shift. I think the personality definitely definitely dies. Like the person that the, the the experiences you have in life. So I think if anything, there's an energy that goes elsewhere. Whether you come come to the planet again as another life form whether you go into the ocean the deeper ocean or into the realms of the world of the ether to the energy i don't don't know that if i if i was putting money on it (laughs) if paddy power took bets on that (laughs) and he could prove it that would be me that would be me punt but um the the one thing i've sort of had a couple of near deathy kind of experiences um I, i i think and one of them came i'll never forget it so it was in the early days of me addiction very early days i probably would have been about 15 16 years of age and it was when we used to sniff a lot of petrol in the fields very very dangerous thing to be doing we'd spend hours oh my god sniffing petrol in the fields but i remember one day you get this really bizarre effect from it. it's horrific uh it's it's a strange out of body experience but I remember just having this experience where I was like, where am I? And I was like, it was like I was in this void. It was a very, it was formless. But if I could say anything, it was like a vortex kind of pulling mm. me down, slowly pulling me down, but in a very slow, wide kind of way, black and white vortex. And I'm not giving it, I can't even see it. That That's how yes. I'm feeling it yeah. best. It's really hard to describe. And I remember just sort of saying, this is bizarre. And I was, it was like having snippets. Was I in the field? Was I there? And then I'm going around. And I, I remember I, I, I struggled to grab the memories because it was so yep. far back and what I was doing at the time. But I remember having an experience within it that I felt like I was here for a year. So I've been here for years. And I, is this death? Am I dead? 
is this hell? Am I, am I gone? Am I actually gone? And I remember weird, really weird fears around, but the fears were starting to dissipate as well. It was a really bizarre experience. And then all of a sudden I just sort of came out of it and I woke up in the field and I was a hundred yards away from everyone in the dark down in this field, big open farmer's field that we lived sort of on the outskirts of Dublin at the time. And I ran over to all the lads, about 10 of us, all like zombies running around with the petrol. And I got it. The petrol turns white when you sniff it and suck it for ages. And I got it and poured it out and burned it. And it says, that's lethal stuff. That's like, oh my God. And, and I believe that was a near death experience. I thought it was. Mm. It was so visceral and it was so like traumatic for me. I says, that was, that was something that was important. That was important. That wasn't just, wasn't just a little thing. And interestingly enough then when I got clean I was going for um, I was going for uh, getting wisdom teeth out and I was in the chair just a normal dentist chair and um, there was a problem with it he broke the tooth and he was at it for over an hour trying to get oh. under the skin it was horrible it was and he finally got it in the end and all I remember then is just waking up in a sort of weird sort of trancey vibe and they looked sort of freaked in hindsight and I thought I'd fainted mm. and um, what you call it, I was sort of like, that, that, that was weird, I didn't know what was going on, I was all in, in a daze. But in that experience, I remember just, it was like a vortex again, but it was like a brighter vortex, like it was kind of white or something like that, if, if that makes sense. Mm. And it was like I was being pulled down and I was near the end of something like that. And I sort of just came out of it. And I didn't yeah. think too much of that. It was a much quicker experience. And I didn't think too much of it. I said, that was weird. That was, that was deep. That was, that was bizarre. And it was on my mind for a while. And when I went back to the dentist the following time, because they were just, they didn't say anything to me. He says, oh, no, it'd be grand. But they looked real weird in the yeah. moment too. <laughs> And when I went back in for the next one, I says, oh God, that was embarrassing last time when I fainted. And everyone says, fainted? She says, you were gone for two minutes. You stopped breathing. And she says, poor, I forget the name of the dentist, uh, Cain, the Cains, the two twins. And um, John, John and something else. I always get them mixed up of who, yeah. who was actually doing it on the day. But the dentist, the woman, she was gorgeous. She was lovely. She was, she sort of uh, the dental nurse. And she says, you were actually gone, Brian. Says, John, I think it was John, says he was calling the ambulance. Says, you just stopped breathing. You took out, you just stopped breathing. You went white. All your face went white. And it says, and we're calling the ambulance to ring the ambulance. All of a sudden you just went, <gasps> like that. And you came sort of oh. back into it. And I was like, wow, that's bizarre. And I matched up with the experience. And there were similarities between the petrol experience and that, like this mm. vortexy kind of thing. Now, I remember saying this to me, doctor, and he started saying it could have been a Vegas nerve experience. He probably did just faint. <laughs> and he started to dismiss that as a nothing thing. I don't know. I really don't know. But the similarities between both of them, and to be honest, they were a little bit scary, the experience. Mm. They were nice. Yeah, of really. Course. So I would rather they weren't. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was fascinating. But, the, but, you know, the doctor can dismiss them as a physiological thing. Mm. But the meaning of it to you is yeah. a significant as part anything. of it. Yeah. You know, so when you came out of the kind of petrol haze kind of hallucination, you had made a decision. You were saying, right, we're, we're burning this. We're not doing that. Yeah. You know, that's how Im that's how deep the impact yeah. was on you. And how did you feel in the days after the dentist one? Um, I, I kept on, I kept on thinking about the experience, the vortex, because it brought me back to the, to the feeling of the petrol. I linked them immediately and I said, that was weird. So maybe there was two kind of physiological things where it was a, like a vagal fit, but maybe, maybe it was like the body shutting down, yes. the heart shutting down, because yes. the, the not breathing for about two minutes really struck me. So maybe that was the similarity. So maybe that was the start of some process of what goes on physiologically in the brain. That's the, 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 the sub 
perceptual uh, psychological experience of what happens yeah. as well and maybe that's different for everybody yeah so but it does there are striking similarities between how you describe it and how other people would describe a similar scenario where they might have been not breathing or unconscious for a few minutes yeah. and, and people are perceiving they're dead and yeah. there's, a, there's a kind of drawing down or a drawing away from you know wherever you are and that kind of movement that's that was, and that was the key piece that got me it was felt like I say vortex but I, it, it, it was sort of formless but there was a pulling down or a drawing yeah. down it was like I was going away from something that was important yeah. that was the sense I'm going away from something that's important here that was a sense and that was something that kind of disturbed me about the whole experience and did you make if conscious is the right word in that moment when you're being drawn away from it, did some part of you say, oh, I'm not, I'm not leaving just yet? Or, you know, was there an effort to like, oh, oh, I'm getting out of here? In the second one there was, in the first one I was just, I was just lost and I was like giving up. In the petrol one I was like, oh my God, I'm gone. I'm gone. Okay. I remember having that feeling, I'm gone. I was very young back then as well. But in, in the one with the dentist, there was like, I need to get out of this. It was like, I need to get out of this. I need, I need to escape. I need to get out of this. And there, yes. there, was a, there was a will to get out of what I was in. I love you describing it as a vortex because I have a, uh, a very special ice bath at the back. That's uh, a vortex. That's called the vortex. No we, way. we call it the vortex because Brilliant. it's so cold. It's like getting into a okay. It's like getting into a different dimension there. So I can kind of understand a little bit how you feel. Brilliant, but it's a, it's a fascinating. Uh, it's a fascinating topic. It's so fascinating because we will never know ever. And and, and I had said to you before, like, and without kind of being morbid. I do look forward to the point at which that I will realize what that is about. You know, I'm I'm not trying to race through my life. I'm trying to enjoy or at least feel every moment. But I am also unbelievably curious about that point at which the last breath leaves the body and what happens yeah. to us then. And if anyone is going to be prepared for that calm, it's, <laughs> it's yourself because they're in the chaos. I I don't fear death in any way. I was terrified of death when I got clean. I remember I got clean. I remember like it was very bizarrely I said it to me. Dad says, I have no fear of death anymore. It's really weird. And he was struck by this. Mm. And, I, and whatever happened, the, the shift in perspective I had, I have no fear of death. I love living, but no fear of death whatsoever. So it's, a, it's an interesting... Uh, and there was another question actually on Instagram about... Fear. So let me, pull, let, me okay. let me pull that up. Great topic. Um, yeah. So, your thoughts then on when fear is a barrier to living fully? Well, fear is always a barrier to living fully. Whatever that next step is. If you're interested in learning more about my work, you'll find me at breathewithniall.com, breathewithniall.com, and breathewithniall on Instagram too. If you're interested in my work, you can find me at brianpenny.com. That's P-E-N-N-I-E, brianpenny.com. And on Instagram under brianpenny78. That's it. Epic. Talk to you later. (laughs) (laughs) Nice and easy. I love that. I love that.